Hello and welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church Essentials Podcast with your host, Senior Pastor John Sauer. This is week two on the Moses Legacy. Thanks for joining us today. Hello and welcome to Stonebridge Extras. I am Pastor John. And Stonebridge Extras is a podcast that we do periodically. Basically, what we discuss here is those rabbit trails, those extra little factoids, those tangents that couldn't make it into the sermon, but are still interesting. Maybe they would have just made the sermon too long, or it didn't really fit with the overall theme of the sermon, but it's still interesting. So welcome to Stonebridge Extras. I hope that this helps you go a little bit deeper into the sermon and a little bit deeper into your study of scripture. We've been looking at Moses in Exodus and Moses's life in general. And this week we're looking at this time when Israel begins to complain against God. Now, originally they complain against Moses, but Moses makes it really clear they're actually complaining against God. And Israel's complaining because they don't have enough food. It's a legitimate complaint. As I said in the sermon, it's a legitimate complaint. What this sparked for me, though, where where this made me curious is, how does God, in general, respond to complaints in Scripture? I know that I was given this impression of God where we're not supposed to complain to God where we're not supposed to grumble to God. We're supposed to just trust in God and trusting in God, that is a reflection of our trust in God's sovereignty. And if we complain, we don't really believe God is in control or that's somehow a lack of faith. I wanted to test that a little bit when I started thinking about this idea of complaints because I think that that idea that our complaining reflects a lack of faith in God, I think that can actually be a spiritually abusive idea. I think sometimes leaders will say that not so that people have better faith, but so that they won't complain against a Christian leader. I don't think every time people say that, that they're, they're using that, that that's their motive. But I think that some unhealthy leaders have said, don't complain about things in general, because if you do, you're really complaining about God, and that's a lack of faith. So I wanted to see, looking at the scriptures, how does God respond to complaints? Now, there's a lot of stories. So I I didn't, this is not going to be exhaustive today, this podcast. Um, We're just going to look at a few different examples of how God responds to different complaints in scripture. And the one thing that was interesting to me is there isn't one consistent response. God doesn't respond to every complaint in the same exact way. And the example that we looked at this week in our scripture passage for this week, Exodus 16, looking at the bread from heaven, the the manna from heaven, God responds by giving Israel what they wanted in their complaint. They say they want food. So God gives them bread from heaven in a miraculous way God responds. But God's also a little stern in this because God says, I'm going to do it in this certain way. They have these certain instructions and I'm going to test them to see if they're actually going to follow my instructions. So God responds here, though, with a little bit of sternness, but also with a miracle that gives Israel exactly what they want. 
That's one way in which God responds to complaints. Another way I found was in the book of Numbers. And this one is a little different. Israel starts grumbling. Again, a lot of the complaints that I found are actually in this whole time period in the desert, um, which I, I get why Israel's complaining so much. They're, they're lost in a desert for 40 years. You're going to complain too. But Israel's in the desert. They're complaining. And God gets really frustrated. So what God does is essentially starts a fire on the outskirts of the camp. And Israel starts panicking. And then God, because they panic, they start praying to God saying, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. And then God just puts the fire out. So that's another way that God responds to a complaint that's a little more intense, um, a little more stern, and a little scary, I think. Um, but the good news in that one is it doesn't sound like anybody is actually harmed. Um, it sounds like God just giving Israel a warning shot or something there. Um, so that was another way that I found God responding to complaints. So, so, so far we have God really doing a miracle with some conditions around it to provide exactly what Israel's asking for. And then we have God setting a fire on the outskirts of the camp um, and, and scaring Israel and then they, they calm down. One of the classic stories of related to complaints about God is the book of Job. Job is this book in the Bible that focuses on a man named Job. And in the story of this book, Satan comes to God and says that Job is this perfect servant, but that Satan can get Job to curse God's name. And asks for God's permission to do whatever he wants to Job. And God says, okay, because Job is that rock solid. He's not going to curse my name. And then all this terrible stuff starts to happen to Job. All of this terrible stuff starts to happen to Job. He loses his family. He has these like boils develop on his skin. He loses all of his riches. And his friends come to him and just say, curse God's name. Curse God and be done with it. And Job refuses to curse God's name. But there is a level of complaint in what Job says. He doesn't curse God, but he's clearly not happy about the situation. And at the end of this book, God has this monologue, really. It's directed towards Job, but it's really a monologue, where God is basically saying to Job, who are you to question me? I was the one who created Leviathan, this big sea monster. I was the one who created the sea that all the sea monsters are in. I was the one who did all of this stuff. Who are you to, to question me? So that is a response that we see from God to complaints in the Bible, to questioning of God in the Bible. And that's where I think a lot of the Christian leaders that I was talking about earlier who, who will say, like, don't complain against God. Who are you to complain against God? That's, I think, where, where this comes from. Now, I say that that's where it's, it comes from. It could also be that people are trying to just use Job to silence any sort of criticism or critique. Um, but there is a biblical basis for saying to somebody, at some point, you have to recognize who God is and who you are and your own limitations. 
that, that you have a finite perspective and God has an infinite perspective. And remember that as you lodge your complaints against God. There is biblical justification for that. The other place that I found a lot of complaints was in the book of Psalms. We may not think of the Psalms of Lament as complaints. Psalms of Lament are those Psalms where the writer of the Psalm is talking about a tragedy they're going through or a difficulty they're going through and is expressing really frustration about something in life and that gets directed towards God. But there's really an entire genre in the Psalms focused on complaints. I mean, that's a, a lament is a form of complaint or a complaint is a form of lament. They're related to each other. So we don't get God's response in the Psalms. The Psalms are one-way communication. It's the writer of the Psalms expressing thoughts to God. So we don't get the, the response of God in the Psalms. But we do get a glimpse into the way the Bible views complaints, though. In the Psalms, they are brought to God. It's a legitimate way to pray. Bringing complaints and frustrations and grievances and grumbling to God in the Psalms is what you're supposed to do. Now, you don't end on that. Most of the Psalms of Lament, they have this turn where the psalmist then switches from complaint or lament to a proclamation of faith or a declaration of hope. So you don't just sit in the complaint or the lament. But it is a part of the prayer. And it's something that's okay to do in the Psalms. There's another story that has to do with a complaint. Now, this isn't a complaint against God per se. But it reflects a complaint or a sadness with God's plan in the person's life. This is in uh, 1 Kings, uh, I think it's chapter 18. Elijah, the prophet, he, he complains about the state of things, about the situation he finds himself in. Elijah was a prophet in the northern kingdom of Israel, and he has a showdown with the prophets of Baal. Baal is an idol. Baal is a god that has crept its way into Israel and people in Israel are worshiping and people associated with the king and the queen of Israel are worshiping this god Baal. And Elijah has this showdown with these hundreds of prophets and it ends with Elijah winning the showdown and then he takes the lives of all these other prophets. Because of that, the queen of Israel starts chasing him and is chasing Elijah all through the kingdom. And Elijah comes to this river or this creek and he lays down his head and he says, Lord, just take my life. I am, I am worse than my ancestors were. I'm no good. My life is over. Just take it now. He says this repeatedly and repeatedly an angel of the Lord comes and tells him to get up and eat for the journey's too great and provides food for him. You can almost see a little glimpse of the story of the manna in the desert with the bread that is provided to Elijah there. After Elijah's complaint and the angels urging on of him, 
Elijah then goes up to Mount Horeb, which is the mountain of God, um, and meets God there. So Elijah's complaint, though it's not directed at God, it's still a complaint. It results in provision, similar to the story of manna, and then it results in this dynamic meeting with God. This is the famous story when Elijah meets God where there's like an earthquake, there's a fire, there's a strong wind, and God isn't in any of those. But then there's a small, still whisper or silence even, and God is in that. What comes right before that is Elijah complaining about his circumstances and wanting God to end his life. So in that moment, God responds with sustenance, with an angel, and with an urging to continue because there's a mission that Elijah has. So I think you're starting to see God actually responds to complaints in different ways. God responds to complaints not with one set response. And I thought this was interesting. Because I've always assumed only one response from God. But our God has character. There was another kind of interesting response to critiques or criticisms or complaints that we see in the, in the Bible. If you turn to the Gospels, Jesus has people who regularly grumble against him. Now, that would be the similar or the same word that's used as complaints. Grumbling would fit also as a translation for that word in Hebrew and then later in Greek. But Jesus has people grumbling about him regularly. And often Jesus says to them, why are you grumbling about me? And his response is, to engage in a debate, to engage in a dialogue. Jesus' response is not just to shut it down, but to say, what's the issue? What's going on here? And then has a back and forth with people. Remember, Jesus is the reflection of God, the character of God, and that's how Jesus chose to respond to complaints. Now, I know the Apostle Paul, he has a line where he says, do all things without complaining or grumbling. I think sometimes we get, we, we, we forget that complaining and grumbling, that they, they encompass, those two words encompass a wide range of activities. I, I don't think when the Bible is talking about complaints and grumbling, it's talking about holding on to resentment, which is what I think Paul's actually talking about there. Paul wants the Christians to serve one another without resenting one another for that service. So I think that, that that's a little different. But more often than not, God seems to respond to complaints or grumbling with a degree of patience. And this picture of a God that doesn't want to hear our complaints or this idea that if we express our complaints or our grievances or our grumblings to God, that that somehow displays a lack of faith I don't think that that is the picture the Bible paints for us. Yes, there are those lines in Job where God does put Job in his place. But the issue there isn't the complaints in and of itself. It's that Job and then his friends as well 
they forgot who God is. And God reminds them. So, like I said, there, there's other stories of complaints also. But what I walked away from looking at this was a simple message that it's actually okay to lift our complaints to God. That's what the Psalms do. That's what Elijah did. That's what the Israelites did. That's what people that Jesus responds to with patience did and, and debate did. It's actually okay to lay those complaints at the feet of God, to be open about that. It's not a lack of faith. But we have to be prepared that God's going to respond in, in different ways. We may not, well, not we may not, we definitely cannot anticipate exactly how God is going to respond. I hope God doesn't respond to our complaints by lighting the outskirts of our homes on fire and terrifying us until we pray and then God puts them out. I, I hope that that's not the way God responds to our complaints. Um, but I think sometimes there will be, depending on the content of our complaint, a, a stern response from God, one where we don't get what we want. Other times, I think God will show patience. Other times, I think God will show patience but still not give us what we want. And then other times, God's going to deliver what, what we asked for. God responds in a myriad of ways to different complaints. So the main lesson from this, if you find yourself frustrated with God, if you find yourself wanting to complain to God, don't feel guilty for that. Lay it before God. But be ready for a response that may surprise you. In all sorts of different ways, God's response can surprise you. So abandon outcomes and lay your complaints at God's feet. That was the lesson that I took from looking at these different complaints that we see from God or to God in Scripture. God bless you all. Have a good week. And I look forward to talking with you next week.